So have you ever wondered what your life would look like if you stopped listening to what other people want and instead listen to yourself? Maybe you would leave the job you have. Maybe you wouldn't study what you're studying or you studied. Have you ever thought of how different your life could look like if you just listened to your heart? Well, today's guest, Hannah Stein, is going to be talking to us exactly about that. So we'll find out if your life can actually look different by listening to yourself. If you've ever felt alone, misunderstood, or like your story didn't matter, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Pretty Sure, the podcast where we explore the fun in life's ups and downs. Join me, your host, in a mix of guests from friends to thought leaders, artists, entrepreneurs, and experts for some raw, unfiltered, and frankly, hilarious conversations. We'll chat about our struggles as millennials, the joys and pains of being single or in a relationship, life and biz lessons, and some inspiring takeaways too, because remember, no topic is ever off the table for us. Hi, I'm Sabrina, your new best friend, and every week you can expect kindness, support, and some tough love, because you'll be damn sure I'm going to be calling you out on your shit when you need it most. Pretty sure we're in for a wild ride, so saddle up and let's go! Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Pretty Sure Podcast. I'm so excited for today's topic and today's guest. It actually holds a special place in my heart because if you haven't listened to my other episodes, I'm pretty sure you're going to want to because I don't have the strictest, linearest, most linear path you can imagine. And so whenever I meet a kindred spirit that has gone through a similar experience, I'm super excited because... I just feel like you should be doing what it is that you want and not listen to other people. And I know it's not as easy to do as I'm saying it right now because I've also been on the other side of where I'm like, "Mm, I don't think I can do this because nobody would approve and stuff like that. But ultimately, I feel like my life has been better because I've followed my intuition one way or the other. And so today's topic is, you guessed it, going to be about following your intuition and kind of just like not giving into the status quo. So like I mentioned, our guest today, Hannah Stein, is going to be telling us all about that and a little bit of mindset, a little bit of imposter syndrome and all of that. So without further ado, Hannah, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Me too. I'm so excited to have you. So please, let's start off with your story. Tell us a little bit about yourself. For sure. So I am a mindset and personal growth coach for millennial women, but I had a rather nonlinear and winding road to get there like you. So just for background, I am a first-generation immigrant. My family is from Ukraine, and we moved to Wisconsin in the U.S. of all places when I was seven. So I grew up there, went to college, felt very lost growing up. And I actually moved to DC after college thinking that I wanted to work in policy and go to law school because that's like what I thought I was supposed to do. And I ended up doing that and going to law school and just realizing it wasn't for me at all. And then got out of that, worked in the entertainment industry, then worked in technical recruiting in Los Angeles. And now I do this. So as you can see, it took me a lot of steps to get here, but 
I'm super excited that I kind of finally stepped into what I feel like I was meant for all along, if that makes sense. (laughs) That's amazing. So obviously, you now own your own business. But how did you get to do all of those different careers? Like, why did you decide those specifically? Was it just kind of like life was taking you? How did you come up with those? Yes, great question. Um, So growing up, like I was saying, I felt super lost, which looking back, I don't actually think I was lost at all. I think I just lacked confidence and like faith in myself. Mm -hmm. I had I always had this kind of instinct or intuition that I wanted to work with people like on a deep level kind of on big questions. And people would tell me that I should be a therapist and stuff like that. But I totally like put that thought away. Because it didn't like, it wasn't fleshed out enough. And I felt this immense pressure to just have my entire life planned out and know exactly what I wanted to do. And it's not like my parents did that to me or anything. I think maybe it was wanting to fit in and coming here as a child and just, I don't know, feeling like I needed to have all of my ducks in a row. Yeah. So I felt like, okay, I need a plan. I don't know what I want to do. I should do what other people who are smart and quote unquote successful and quote unquote have status do. And I literally was just like, all right, well, I also need a graduate degree to be successful, which I think is also maybe immigrant mentality. Like my parents thought that not in a pressury way, but they were just like, you're going to need to get a secondary degree to get a good job, which now I'm like, that's not true. But at the time, I just bought into that. So the combined pressure of feeling like I have to have a plan and I need this graduate degree, I sort of just randomly decided I'm going to go to law school when I was 16, I think I decided that and started kind of building my life around it. Like I picked my college major based on that. And then I got this job out of college that was in policy. And it didn't feel super right. But I, again, was just like, need this plan, need to have things like always perfectly aligned, I guess. So I just kept going with that. And then I got to law school and it just felt so wrong to me. And I could just, I felt like a giant square peg trying to fit into a tiny round hole always. And I think that's when I had, or when I started to have this mindset shift where I was like, do I really want to live my life like this? Like, I actually hate this, not because there's anything wrong with law school, but because it just, obviously came from a not authentic place. So it took me a while and I, I didn't have the guts to drop out, even though I could tell right away it wasn't for me. But as I was there, I just decided, all right, I'm going to finish this. I'll pass the bar so that no one can say I'm I'm not practicing law because I didn't pass, which is so silly, but I, I felt like I needed that at the time. But then afterward, I'm just going to do whatever feels right to me at the time. And it's okay if I don't have a plan or if that particular thing doesn't work out. But I'll be closer to knowing what I really want or what to do next if the thing that I do is something that feels authentic to me. 
So at the time, I really wanted to work in entertainment. I was curious about it. And I did that. And I loved the part of it where I was working with people, working with like talent clients. That's what I was doing. But I realized I didn't care that much about the entertainment industry piece. I just wanted to keep working with people. (laughs) So I was like, okay, maybe I want to do recruiting because that's also working with people. You're helping them get jobs and, you know, it's not entertainment industry, obviously. And I did that for a while, um, made that transition, but kind of realized the same thing. I was like, all right, well, I want to keep working with people. I love that, but I want to work with them more deeply, kind of on bigger questions. I don't just want to help them with jobs and resumes and stuff like that. And that's when I made, you know, decided to make the transition into coaching. I hope I didn't talk too much. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's amazing. So you gave me a lot of a backstory, which is good. What actually made you snap out of the whole, okay, I don't think I should be doing law. I'm just going to find something else. Like, was it something that happened to you or was it just like, I'm tired of this. I want to try something new. It really was just, I realized, so up to that point, everything I had done, it felt a little bit wrong. And I felt like low grade dissatisfied always. But it wasn't like, it wasn't bad. And I guess it wasn't enough to motivate me to really make a change. But when I got to law school, it was really bad. Like I really, it just felt super wrong. And I felt, I don't know, like out of alignment with myself. Maybe that sounds kind of woo-woo, but that's really how I felt. And so so for people that might be feeling like, oh my God, I don't think I love what I do, but I'm not sure if I'm just scared. Is there like a specific thing you felt like something that you just knew wasn't right? Or was it just your intuition? Like, is there an example you can give so that people can kind of look for a sign, if you will? Yeah, for sure. I think it was a series of things. It definitely was my intuition. But also, I I had this constant feeling of like, I'm a motivated person. I'm a passionate person. But I feel no motivation or passion here. And I see other people who want to do this. And they're so driven. And you know, they're wanting to do so well at so well at this. And like, I guess just seeing that contrast too really highlighted it for me. And I don't know, it was like cognitive dissonance, because I was like, something is wrong that I know I'm a passionate person. I know I'm a driven person. I know I want big things for myself. Like, I'm not lazy, but I feel lazy almost, if that makes sense. Yeah. So a hundred percent. I totally get what you're saying. I've been there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it's so common too. And people feel very alone while it's happening. But it's great that you're talking. Oh, yeah, 100%. So when you were saying you didn't have the guts, was it you weren't sure what it is that you wanted, so you didn't want to make a decision? Or were you nervous what other people were going to think? So totally both of those. I just okay. wasn't okay at the time not having a plan. Now I'm totally mm-hmm. fine with that. I'm not saying like, you know, don't have anything planned out. But I felt like <laughs> I can't 
drop out and not know what I'm going to do next and not know what to Mm. say to people, which ties into that second piece. I was totally worried what people would think. And it wasn't even like specific people. I've always had really supportive people in my life. And I don't actually think anybody who I care about would have judged me. But I don't know, it was like this picture of society or something I had created in my head. And I was so worried, like, oh, I'll drop out and society will be like, she doesn't know what she wants. And she's lazy and all of these silly things. Yeah, 100%. I mean, even the whole idea of going out of high school and having to choose something that you're going to want to do for the rest of your life. I've always felt like it's really dumb to expect a 17 or 18 year old person to be like, yeah, I'm going to do this and then just expect them to live their life doing that. So I don't know if you felt this as well. But when I was trying to choose something, I was just like, I don't even know what I like because half of these things don't make any sense to me. So what, how can I even be able to choose and then just like commit to it for the rest of my life? That is exactly how I felt. Actually, like how you worded it. I think I just used that expression the other day to someone like I didn't even know what I liked. Because you're not always encouraged to explore everything you like and you're kind of told certain things that you're quote unquote, supposed to do or are acceptable when really there's so much more than that. So yes, that's definitely yeah. what I felt. Yeah, 100%. So when you finally were like, okay, everyone, I'm not going to be a lawyer, I'm going to go pursue entertainment or whatever it is that you started doing immediately after, what were people's reaction to it? Like, was it something you expected them to react to? Or did they react better? Like, what was your experience with that? Okay, so my parents were a little bit like, what? (laughs) Which is totally understandable because I had never talked about doing entertainment before and they also helped pay for law school and they were just like, don't you want to try and use this degree? And I totally understand that. They then shifted. They've always been so supportive. So it definitely surprised them, but they continued to support me and were like, whatever makes you happy. So I totally appreciate that. In terms of my friends, and I guess like random acquaintances or people who asked about it, people definitely reacted better than I expected. By the time I did it, I wasn't as nervous about people's reactions anymore anyway. But mm-hmm. but for the most part, people were very like, impressed that I was doing what I wanted and didn't have anything unkind to say, or maybe I just didn't pay attention to the unkind things. But, but yeah, I thought <laughs> people were overall really supportive. That's amazing. So, how did you actually just stop caring about what other people thought and just said, I'm going for it, whatever happens, this is what I'm going to be doing? Because I feel like that's also something that stops people and even stopped you. It might have stopped me. Like, it stops everyone at one point. You're just like, hmm. Totally. I mean, the reality is I still definitely care about what people think and actually more than I would like to. I think I just realized that, yeah, I care what people think, but I care about being happy way more. And it was more of a priority shift, if that makes sense. And I realized that the people who love me and who I want in my life are not going to 
judge me for something like that. They're going to want the best for me the the same way that I would for others. A hundred percent. So do you have like one tip that might have helped you at the time or that now having had that experience and many other experiences, you can tell other people that might have been in your same situation? Because I feel like obviously years have passed. You've had that same situation happen when you started your business, when you did X, Y, and Z, other things that you've been doing in your life. But do you feel like you've learned something specific that now helps you just be like, "Eh, I'm going to be who I am. Who cares? Oh, that's a good question too. I think realizing that I started really observing people I admire and like and want to be friends with. And I feel like the thing that pretty much all of those people have in common is that they are just unapologetically themselves and they do what they want and what feels true to them. And that sort of, to me, a lot of the time, that is what makes people A, successful, B, wonderful to be around and sort of like magnetize things that they want into their lives. lives. So I started noticing that and just wanted to embody it more. Does that answer your question? (laughs) Yeah, 100%. So basically just like look up to other people and find what they've been doing that helps and kind of trying to mimic them, right? Yes, but also just being, I think that everyone is truly, I guess, sorry, I didn't describe that well. I think that everyone (laughs) is truly their best self and has the most potential to get what they want out of life when they're being truest to themselves. So I think when I realized that I was like, why would I not do that? So I guess that's my advice for people. I love that. That's a really great example. So what major lessons came from the whole experience for you? Like, do you think going through law school actually served a purpose for you? Or would you have rather avoided that chapter in your life? I do think it served a purpose. Sometimes I get into modes where I'm like, oh my God, I wasted three years of my life there. But that's so untrue. Because so in law school, I kind of mentally rock bottomed. And I don't, obviously, it's a very privileged position. I don't mean rock bottom in that really terrible way. But mentally and emotionally, I was in a really bad place. And I think having that happen is part of what jerked me into really reevaluating my life. Because like I was saying to you before, before that, I was sort of dissatisfied, but it like wasn't enough to motivate me. And this really did, like it really just jerked me into a new perspective. And I learned so much about myself during that time. Having that dark place made me that much more motivated to get out of it and really gave me that perspective of, sure, I care about what other people think, but I want to enjoy my life and I would never sacrifice feeling terrible for having other people's approval. Yeah, 100%. Are there still moments in your business or like everyday life or situations that you actually do use something that you learned during law school? Like, I don't know, bills, something, politics. Like, do you find that sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, I learned about this when I was in school? 
Honestly, not really. Well, sometimes I look at legal documents, but I feel like after I took the bar exam, that knowledge just like left my head, which is so bad, but whatever. But what it did teach me actually that I think is really valuable is discipline and also just being able to sit down and do something sometimes that you don't want to do, but you know is necessary. And as I absolutely love my business, but there's no matter what you're doing and how much you love it, there's always going to be things you need to do that you don't want to do. And it taught me to do that. And I think that is really valuable. Yeah, I feel like that's really important what you're saying, because that's one of the bases that I think some people don't really have that in when they start their businesses, but that's definitely a quality, you know, resilience and just being constantly on your business and just being like you mentioned, you know, oh, I don't really feel like showing up today. I don't really feel like doing this, but I'm going to do it because it's going to bring me long-term results. So I feel like you're like on a roll there with (laughs) all of the things that you learned in law school. Yes. So you've worked in different industries. Which one has been your favorite and what did you enjoy most about all of those different things that you tried? For sure. So not including what I do now, I take it. Yeah. So like I think that, that entertainment industry was my favorite just because you get so many different personalities, so many crazy stories. Like there are some nutty people that work in that industry and just crazy big egos. So that was fun. And it's also very social. So I met a ton of people. That was really fun and very fast paced as well. I loved that part of it. So that one was definitely my favorite. Did you ask me least favorite too? No, that's the next question. So which one has been your least favorite and why? So I worked in policy for a while and it is, it's honestly such an interesting field. It's only my least favorite because it was the farthest away from what I actually wanted to be doing. And I was working in it at a time when I felt like that was part of my plan that I had created for myself based on nothing that I wanted to do so that was my least favorite but not (laughs) it's not interesting it totally is what were you doing like what did it consist in so I was working for this think tank it's called or like policy research institute and I was working in their communications department so it was kind of doing publicity work for that organization so booking some of their experts on shows, like writing blog posts and research papers about policy issues. It, it actually, the what I was doing itself was cool. I just didn't mm-hmm. want to be doing it on that topic, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, 100%. Totally get what you're saying. Okay, that's amazing. And so from there, you basically jumped into, I'm going to now open my own business. Have you always wanted to open your own business, but you were scared? Or was it something that you just started thinking about after a while? Like, how did you get to that conclusion? Yeah, so I think there were like pieces of it that showed up in my life at different times. Like, I did want to be a therapist when I was younger, but like I mentioned, I kind of dismissed that idea. So that's sort of your own business. 
but I put that away for a while. And then this is super random, but in like 2012, I got really into food blogs, was not cooking, but absolutely loved blogs. And so the eating part, basically. The what? Yes, the eating part and the like looking up. (laughs) And this was when some of the food bloggers were starting to get really profitable and were turning it into business. And I saw some of them posting about that. And I was like, that is so interesting and seems like so much fun. Not the food part, but I loved like the essence of what they were doing, creating something out of something they just love doing and making it into their own business and working for themselves. So that was another piece of it. And I also have always kind of hated rules and doing things because like other people tell me to. So that piece of it also always appealed to me. So it's like these pieces of owning my own business that appeal to me were floating around in my head. But it took me a while to be like, oh, what I want to do is have my own business. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what actually made you open up your business finally? So a combination of things. I had been, I was getting really tired of my recruiting job and I kept thinking about how I wanted to do this. I had been following the coaching space for a while and following other people in it and just thinking about how I wanted to do it. And in my head, I was like, all right, I'll do it eventually. I'll do it eventually, but didn't feel that strong push. But then my company started going under a little bit. And then I started really thinking about it more. And then they really started going under and got rid of my entire department. So they oh, no. laid me off. No, it was so good, though, because I spent like... Blessing the disguise. Exactly. I spent like a few weeks looking for recruiting jobs. And then I was like, literally, what are you doing? You don't want to do this. You've been wanting to start a business. If this is not like the universe throwing a glass of water in your face and telling you to do it, I don't know what is. So that's when I decided I was going to do it. And I'm so I'm obviously not grateful for COVID, but I'm so grateful for that um, opportunity. And so what made you decide this specific branch of owning your business? Like, why did you decide to go into coaching and more specifically like mindset and those types of coaching? Did you ever consider something else or was it just something that you were passionate about? Like, tell me a little bit about how you got into that branch. Yeah, for sure. So when I started thinking about it again, I was still thinking about, or I kind of went back to thinking about being a therapist and I was sort of, all right, therapist or coach, because at that point I knew I really want to work with people on a deep level on like big questions. I want to help them have these big shifts and how they view themselves and how they see what's possible for themselves. So I did consider going back to school to be a therapist briefly, but one thing that I liked better about coaching and also having had both therapists and coaches myself is that coaching is very forward thinking or forward looking and therapy is more backward looking. It's more about your past and not so much about how you're going to create your future. And 
coaching has more of a future focus, it do, you have to dig into your past as well. And I always do with my clients, but then it's all about what are you going to do moving forward? And I really liked that more. So that's what made me choose coaching. And then in terms of mindset, I think just going back to really wanting to work on these big things with people and having my own mindset journey. Like when I was going through all that stuff in law school and feeling really sad and lost, I got really into like personal development and meditation and mindfulness and was reading all of these books. And it was all about how I was thinking about things and not so much what was happening. I mean, what was happening was relevant, but I just realized that, I don't know, it was all about how I was viewing life. And so understanding how important that was and how much that changed my life, I just know the power it can have. So I immediately was drawn to that space. Did you have a coach before you started or did you just do everything by yourself? I did have a coach. So when I decided that all right, I was going to be done applying for recruiting jobs and was going to try and do this. Mm-hmm. I hired a coach. I enrolled in this program that was basically about scaling your first business or your side hustle because I'm all about, I mean, part of the reason I'm a coach too is I know how helpful and valuable it can be to have someone guide you through it because there's so much information out there about it. And I clearly had wanted to do it, but hadn't made a move. So I was like, I need something that's going to help me cross the finish line or the starting line with this. (laughs) Yeah. Did you have to overcome any specific blocks or, you know, did you have any issues before you actually began as a coach? Or was it just like, no, I'm ready for this. I'm going to kill it. And you start killing it. No, I definitely had blocks and I still have to work through them. I think it's like a journey, but I definitely felt like, oh, maybe I'm not qualified. Maybe I don't have enough fancy certifications. I don't know enough. That was a big one. And so was like, I don't have, I don't know, things built out enough. I kind of like felt like everything should be perfect before I start, which Now I tell people that's like the enemy of starting anything, but that was a big one. And just feeling like not feeling super confident or like I have what it takes, which I think is, you know, normal. Yeah, a hundred percent. So how did you actually deal with imposter syndrome? Because I will put your Instagram on the description, but I checked it out a bit. Obviously, I love stalking people and seeing what they post. (laughs) And I noticed that you were talking a lot about like imposter syndrome and all of that. And I find that really fascinating because I do feel in nowadays society – I think everyone has a little bit of an imposter syndrome at some point, especially with like social media, you know, now you see celebrities and you're like, oh my God, will I ever be as thin as them? Or like, oh, this person looks like they, like you were saying, they have more qualifications than I do. What's going to make me successful? How I can do this? How can I do that? So how did you or do you in present tense deal with imposter syndrome whenever you get it? as a business owner, and then as a normal person, because obviously you wear both hats, right? Like you're a person and then you react to what other people are posting and doing. But then you also have the biz owner hat of 
how do I scale? How do I do this? So I guess two-part question. Yeah, for sure. So a couple of things that really helped me with it. I think what made me have the biggest shift with imposter syndrome and just negative and self-doubting feelings in general is understanding that just because you feel something, this is a very mindfulnessy thing, just because you feel something doesn't mean it is true. Like, yeah, the feeling feels real, but feelings are not facts. And once I really grasped that, I realized how much I was letting my feelings dictate, like I was treating them as facts, basically. And so when I realized that, and understood how to talk myself down and understand, oh, this thing that I'm feeling is not true. Like I do know X, Y, and Z. And, you know, this feeling is not a truth. That was huge for me. And then another piece is understanding that literally everybody feels imposter syndrome. And I think like Seth, I read this in a Seth Godin book, hopefully that's right. But he was talking about how anytime, like you should welcome imposter syndrome because anytime you're doing something that challenges you or excites you, you're going to be nervous and you're going to be scared and you're going to doubt yourself. And that is totally normal. And if you're not feeling that, then you're probably not excited about what you're doing. So when I understood that, I was sort of like, well, of course I'm going to feel that. The point is not to like stop feeling it. It's just to allow the feeling to happen and keep going. So that was huge. As well as understanding that literally everyone feels it and just hearing more people talk about their stories and being like, wow, you know, like Hillary Clinton has felt imposter syndrome. Like what if she just decided to not run for president because she felt that, you know? Yeah. So basically for you, if you're like a good measure of knowing if you are doing something that you love or doing something that might be the right path for you is, are you afraid or not? Honestly, yeah, because I think if you're not a little bit afraid or nervous, you're probably not excited. Okay, that's a really good point to make. I feel like that is really true. I'm trying to look back at things that I did and definitely when I was nervous, I knew there was like, you kind of know, right? You have intuition, whatever it is that you do. It just depends. Do you listen to it more often or do you try to avoid it? So are you the type of person that listens to your intuition a lot? Yes, I listen to it always. And I didn't used to. And I think that was what made me go sort of off the rails or go on a path that didn't feel right for me. It's because I just didn't know how to listen to myself. And I truly think, again, not to sound woo-woo, but I think every person's internal wisdom will never lead you astray. You might not always know what it's saying, but it's so important to tune in. So yes, I'm all about listening to it. (laughs) I love that. So it's kind of like a muscle, right? So what are some things that you do regularly or you've done in the past to kind of train your intuition per se? Yeah, so definitely mindfulness and meditation helped me a lot with that. And learning to 
feel things in my body just because a lot of intuitive feelings you will literally feel like in your body like I feel a lot of things in my chest or my stomach and I think a lot of people do and just learning to tune into that that helped me a lot and always making time to have some kind of self-reflection activity like for me that looks like journaling or even taking walks to like be with my thoughts you know it's different for everyone but having that time to just be with myself and reflect and really like hear my feelings and thoughts has helped me a lot with that that's amazing having said all of that what is the your favorite part about what you do now and your business yeah I love this question so I love working with people so much and I'm always my friends would make fun of me because at parties I'm like the person that is asking the like awkwardly deep questions that people are like why are you asking me this so I kind of get to do that for work now and I just love getting to know people on a real and deep level and then witnessing them have shifts in how they view themselves and what is possible for themselves and see them I mean people are doing that for themselves that's what I love about coaching it's just about bringing that out in people it's not me doing it for them or telling them how to do it it's helping them have that happen so it's just so inspiring to see people have these shifts that literally change the course of their lives and how they're living that's amazing that's really nice because you're more into the whole actually helping people and I feel like that is so needed not only in the coaching space but also in the business space because I'm not trying to generalize but we all know there are people out there that are just in it for the money so it is really refreshing to hear someone that's like I want to do it and I do it for the people so I love that with that being said What is the best piece of advice you can think to give someone that's just starting off as a coach or would like to start coaching people? Like think if you were to meet yourself 10 years ago or five years ago, what would you tell your younger self? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to say something that is a little cliche, but it's cliche because it's so true. The advice I would give is just start somewhere you can start sloppy you do not have to have all of the pieces of your business figured out you don't have to have everything perfect this is kind of like my general life advice too but if you want to do this just start somewhere I know that's like abstract so to make it more practical that can mean okay I'm gonna start an Instagram and I'm going to start talking about what I know in my feed or in lives or whatever. It can mean emailing your network and saying, hey, I'm starting to do this. Do you know anyone who might be interested or, you know, whatever it may be, but literally just anywhere. And then that will give you momentum and you will figure the rest out as you go along. But if you don't start, then you're going to be mulling it forever and getting nervous about everything that can go wrong and just being in your head about it. That's a great piece of life advice. Not only business, but life as well. Definitely agree with you. So this is going to be my last question to you, and it's my absolute favorite. It's a staple on the show. 
I'm pretty sure you've had an experience where you feel like you're probably the only one to live it or feel it at some point in your life. Can you tell us what it was and what you would tell other people that might be thinking or feeling the same thing? It could be a thought, it could be a fear, maybe a situation that happened to you, whatever comes to mind. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I love this question. I think my answer, even though I knew I wasn't alone in this, it felt like I was really alone in it. And it was just feeling like, oh my God, I am never going to have my life figured out because I felt like I just have thought about so many things. I've read so many self-help books. I've taken so many personality tests. I feel like everything I'm doing does not feel right. And this was in law school and even when I was in entertainment and in recruiting because I was moving closer to what I wanted, but I still felt like mm, like I'm not there yet and I feel like I should be. So I just mm-hmm. felt like it's taking me so long and I'm never going to quote unquote get it. And what I would tell other people, and this is also what I told myself when this was happening, is A, you're not alone. People feel this all the time. And I, even though I felt really alone, I knew that this was so common at this point. You're not alone. And also, it's such a gift, I think, to be committed to finding your thing Because if you're committed to it, you will find it. And just listen, you know, coming back to that internal voice and inner wisdom, telling myself and telling others. (laughs) Yeah, that that. like your wisdom, your inner wisdom always knows. So you will find it. I love that. That's such a feeling of hope because like you said, even though you know you're not alone, you still feel that Mm -hmm. and 100% relate to what you're saying of like, I don't think I'll ever find it. So yeah, you 100% will and just listen to Hannah, listen to what she just said. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm pretty sure I answered the question that I posed initially at the beginning of what would your life look like if you actually listened to yourself and basically you're the example. You stop listening to what people want for you and then just like try to go do a million different things until you finally found it. So that's amazing. So tell us before we move into the lighthearted rapid fire round, um, where can people find you if they want to work with you, if they want to know more, like what, where do they go to talk to you? Yeah, for sure. So the best place to find me is my Instagram and it's just www.instagram.com slash Hannah Stein. So I am excited to connect with people. It'll be linked in the description. So don't worry. It'll be there if you want to directly go and check her out after this episode or in the middle of it as well. It'll be there. So are you prepared for the rapid fire questions to end the episode? Yes, I hope so. (laughs) Okay. My favorite question. What person dead or alive would you like to have dinner with if you could and why? Oh my God, such a good question. I don't know. Um, Oh man. Off the top of your head, anyone. Okay, I think my great grandma who passed, but we were so, so close when I was little and we just had this like crazy connection and she, I think, was the first person who gave me this, I don't know, feeling of wanting to listen to my 
intuition because she was very in tune with that part of herself. And I think she is the one who planted that seed in me. So I would love to see her again. Oh, that's amazing. I love that answer. Okay, this one's a fun one. Would you rather lose a year of your life or spend a year in jail? I would 100% rather lose a year of my life. (laughs) Okay, that's very valid. (laughs) Um, Would you rather live on the beach or in a cabin in the woods? Beach for sure. Okay. Books or movies? Ooh, both. Okay, favorite book then? Ooh, okay. My favorite fiction book is The Secret History. My favorite nonfiction book is anything by Brene Brown. Okay, I like that. Are you more of a cold or warm weather person? Warm times a million. Wait, what did he say? Cold? No, warm times a million. Okay. (laughs) Do you wake up early or sleep out when you have the chance? Definitely wake up early. Really? Yeah, not today, but... (laughs) Usually I wake up. <laughs> Who is your current celebrity crush? Ooh, okay. So most of my celebrity crushes are like vintage people or whatever, older people. But actually, I think it's Seth Meyers because he's so funny and cute. Okay, that's a good choice. I like that. And last one. Do you prefer junk food or dessert? Oh my God, both again. But actually dessert. okay so you have a sweet tooth love that we love a sweet tooth person um so so much hannah i hope you had fun i know this was your first interview on a podcast so i hope you enjoyed it you had a good experience and you left us with great insights great advice and i hope everyone that listens will try to be inspired or at least learn a thing or two about how to listen to themselves. So thank you so, so much for being here today. Thank you. I had so much fun. I'm so glad you did. And guys, if you want to go listen to her or go check her Instagram out or whatever it is, it's going to be linked in the description. As usual, you can also find our Instagram at pretty sure podcast. And if you go to our Instagram, you will see that we just created a Facebook group. So go join if you're curious about podcasting, if you are a podcast fan or just want to hang out with cool people. And with that, I leave you guys. Peace out, everybody. And thanks again, Hannah. Thanks, Sabrina.